All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is Friday, October 29th. He's Steve Greeley, longtime NHL front office executive, former assistant GM of the Buffalo Sabres, now Daily Faceoff analyst. Steve, it's been a busy morning already. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, Frank, we got uh, things coming in all directions at the last minute here. You know, who knows, maybe we'll have uh, new coaches, new GMs announced while we're on the air and have to keep adjusting, but busy day. <sighs> it's certainly possible given what's transpired here in the last 30 minutes. So let's dive in here, put two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock and whip around the NHL. And we'll start with the breaking news this morning that the NHL has cleared Winnipeg Jets general manager Kevin Dayoff of any wrongdoing, uh, certainly worthy of punishment here in terms of his role in the Chicago Blackhawks cover-up of the sexual assault that occurred um, of uh, former player Kyle Beach at the hands of then-video coach Brad Aldrich back in 2010. And the key highlight of the NHL statement from Gary Bettman after meeting with Kevin Dayoff this morning is this. While on some level it would be easiest to paint everyone with any association to this terrible matter with the same broad brush, I believe that fundamental <laughs> fairness requires a more in-depth analysis of the role of each person. 
Kevin Cheveldayoff was not a member of the Blackhawks senior leadership team in 2010, and I cannot therefore assign to him responsibility for the club's actions or inactions. He provided a full account of his degree of involvement in the matter, which was limited exclusively to his attendance at a single meeting, and I found him to be extremely forthcoming and credible in our discussion. So Steve, this is kind of what I've been hinting at all week, not entirely sure what the punishment would end up being, if any, for Kevin Sheveldayoff, given the fact that this has all moved so swiftly. But I was cautioning everyone to lump everyone together in this situation and circumstance that Kevin Sheveldayoff was the most junior member person in that room. There was no indication in the report that he had said much, if anything. And when there's three to four levels of people above you that are in that room and they're saying that they'll handle it, well, I guess you end up walking out of that room sort of thinking that it's being handled. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a situation where all hey, all eyes were on what was going to happen today with Shovel Day Off, and, and truly nobody knew. Um, you know, one thing this has done is, is created clarity for Winnipeg, uh, created clarity for their organization, and they can move, you know, full steam ahead here. Um, the domino effect kind of has stopped, it seems like, inside Chicago's organization and, you know, people that are, you know, part of it back in 2010. So um, I didn't know what to expect. Again, you know, when you're not inside those meetings that the league is having, it's just all speculation. So good for Winnipeg and Shovel Day off to have some clarity here and, and hopefully that group can move forward now. Yeah, and look, it was a tough situation nonetheless because then – if you do end up handing out any punishment here, people are going to say it's not enough. Um, you know, you, you think back to the way that this has all played out. I think Kevin Sheveldayoff in this case, according to my reporting, helped himself immensely by being upfront and honest with Winnipeg ownership at the very beginning of the process when this first came to light. And I think it, it you know, it's also important to point out here that Sheveldayoff departed the Blackhawks organization three weeks later after this incident. Uh, and was moving on to the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, he didn't linger around. And, and it's just interesting that as this has all played out, he ends up being the only man in that room that ends up keeping his job because the big news on Thursday night uh, out of New York was that Joel Quenville, the Florida Panthers coach, uh, has resigned. He was, of course, the longtime Hawks coach, three Stanley Cup championships he helped lead the Hawks to. And in this case, he ends up resigning for the active role that he played in that meeting on May 23rd, 2010, with the other Blackhawks front office executives, vocally saying, according to Stan Bowman in the report, that the attention needed to be on the ice, that the team didn't need the distraction that would come with uh, removing video coach Brad Aldrich from the team at that point. Um, you know, that was really the damning evidence, plus the fact that Kyle Beach came out and said that there was additional meetings that he believed occurred in which Joel Quenville had the knowledge uh, that uh, this incident had occurred and had failed to act on it and had failed Kyle Beach quite clearly. So, you know, no surprise that there was punishment here. This is still a massive moment for the NHL. This is one of the highest paid coaches, the second all-time winningest coach, uh, someone that had Hall of Fame credentials. Um, in the NHL behind a bench. Lots of questions, Steve, about why he was able to coach on Wednesday night. Another black mark for the league in a week full of them. What kind of repercussions, what kind of ripple effects does this have 
now throughout the Panthers organization? Well, Frank, to me, he, he did coach one too many games this week. That's for sure. I, I thought it happened a little late and, you know, I would have certainly liked to seen something different behind there, someone different behind their bench on Wednesday versus the Bruins. Um, I do think the appropriate penalties have been taken as far as a Stanley Cup contending team. I don't think any of us wanted to see Joel hosting a cup uh, this spring. Would have, you know, not a good look. So, you know, what, what's going on now is Bill Zito's conducting probably the beginning search for his uh, new coach. This happened quick. Um, it's not something where a team lost 10 in a row and, ooh, maybe we got to make a change. So, you know, right now they're starting to look at their candidates. And I think, you know, there's there's four or five great ones out there, but it's who's available. So it's a tricky time. I think I think what's nice for the Panthers organization, the players, it's early in the season. Um, this isn't something that's happening just before the playoffs. It's not a coaching change in December again because the team's struggling. So the, the players, the team, will have an opportunity to adjust to new systems, new coaches. What was on the ice was not broken. So now it's up to a new coach to come in and kind of continue this momentum on the ice that the Panthers had. Yeah, and look, um, I'm also not absolving the Panthers here because they played a role in this in the sense that they could have stepped up as an organization and made a statement, you know what, we're going to have Joel Quenville on administrative leave until after he can have this conversation with Gary Bettman. That didn't happen. That said, as we move on to look at uh, some of the Florida Panthers coaching candidates to replace Quenville behind the bench, we expect Andrew Brunette to take over on an interim basis, and I'd imagine he'll get a look. To your point, there is a lot of runway left in the season. I feel bad for the Panthers in the sense that they didn't have any other wise wrongdoing in this process. They end up without a coach now after their team is off to, you know, likely the best start in franchise history, and, and now they need to pivot. Who are some of the guys on your list, Steve, uh, that makes sense that the Panthers should be talking to at this point? Well, I, th I think right now the front runners, John Tortorella, certainly the connection with Columbus, um, with Bill Zito, they've worked together. Um, you know, they've certainly had some big or big wins in the playoffs, you know, that Torts has had it and he's won a Stanley Cup. So Torts has, uh, you know, I would say a reputation that he can get teams to the finish line. He's done it before. He's a hard nosed coach the same way Joel Quinville was. So I think he's a strong candidate. Uh, next up for me and is Rick Tockett, another guy that I think did a great job in Arizona, got the most out of his team um, just a year and a half ago. That was a playoff group. So, you know, another guy that's available who's a strong candidate, demanding coach. We have Claude Julian out there. Claude has also won a cup, much the way, same as Torts. Um, I think Claude is another veteran coach whose experience the Panthers would appreciate. Um, similar to that, we have Bruce Boudreau, another veteran coach. Um, you know, you have to remember that these these are people that are available. So no, it's not going to be a top assistant from another team right now or taking an American League coach. And the last guy on my list who I, I think is a strong candidate is David Quinn. He's coming off three years with the Rangers. They improved every season. Um, one thing I think with David Quinn is if he's not their guy as a head coach, and Tortorella is, Maybe that's a top assistant. A lot of similarities to Mike uh, Sullivan, Torts, Torts has worked with in previous years. Uh, David Quinn's on the Olympic staff. So maybe that's a connection that we see out of this group. Maybe it's a Tortorello with Quinn. Um, but nice for the Panthers, again, that it's early in the year and they can 
they can adjust to a new coach. They have a, a little bit of a cushion with the points right now. And it'll be very interesting to see the direction the team goes when the new coach arrives. Yeah, and how quickly they move. I mean, Bill Zito working with him in Columbus hasn't exactly hit his affinity for John Tortorella. You saw the initial report, even as quickly as the news of Quenville being out, it was immediately signaled by Kevin Weeks from NHL Network, look to John Tortorella. Uh, that playoff experience is key for me. You need someone with a team this good that can help get your team over the finish line when the time comes. Probably no better in a hockey sense than Joel Quenville, but his serious and egregious misstep in Chicago 11 years ago is what ends up costing him his job in this case. Let's move on and talk hockey for a second with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Some surprising news today. Um, Morgan Riley signing an eight-year extension with a $7.5 million AAV. Um, $60 million in the bank for Morgan Riley. And I think with all of the attention paid to the defensemen on the open market and some of the extensions that have been signed, the Zach Wierenskis, the Seth Joneses, the Charlie McAvoys, all these guys that have inked deals for big, big money. Riley gets the extra year, the eighth year in Toronto, and gets an AAV that the team can probably live with. I'm told, Steve, that one of the big things that held this up in, in the conversations that had been ongoing for a while was the structure. Morgan Riley gets a six-year no-move clause to start the deal. That's a pretty big swing in his direction. Uh, in terms of keeping his uh, security uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, an indication that um, you know this is someone that they view as a core piece when I think a lot of us were wondering, could he be part of the trade fodder this year should things go sideways in Toronto? Yeah, Frank, you hit the nail on the head there with a few things. The first thing I was wondering after I saw the term and the dollars, you know, what is the structure? Is there a no-move clause? Um, that was answered as soon as we see these details, but that's a huge piece for Morgan Riley. He knows where he's gonna be for the next seven years, six, seven years now. Uh, the other part to me, the clarity for uh, Toronto, you know, now they know that they have him locked up. They're not worried about losing him. They have an elite puck moving defenseman. Personally, I think he needs to work on, you know, the defensive part of the game, but knowing that they have their defenseman, this defenseman lined up as part of their core, is huge for the Maple Leafs. One of the interesting things to me now, whenever these contracts are signed, is how does it affect the rest of the league? How does this affect the Lindholm? How does this affect Klingberg? Um, there'll be a ripple effect that's greater than the Leafs. Other defensemen and agents are taking note immediately. I can guarantee the agents of some of these top uh, free agent defensemen, texts were being exchanged within the minute of seeing the tweet. But good for Toronto, lock up a defenseman in their core. Good for Morgan Riley to not only have the money uh, certainty, but also know where he's going to live. That's that's a great feeling to not be wondering every February and every July, oh, am I the guy that could be involved in this trade? So it's, it's a good day for both of them. Yeah, I guess the comments from everyone that I've seen on social media in the immediate visceral reaction to the deal was, well, that's a really good AAV for the Leafs moving forward. It fits their structure. Not a ginormous raise from what he was making in the fives, my response to that would be, I guess it depends on what you think of Morgan Riley and where you view him in terms of the overall scheme of the league. If you think back to the old Mike Babcock quote that there's only maybe 15 or 16 true number one defensemen in the league, I'm not sure that he falls in that category. And I guess with this AAV, that would also seem to suggest that the Leafs don't necessarily view him in that category as well, since he's now not being paid in that top tier. Let's take uh, a trip... Uh, 
to Iowa and talk to Chris Peters, the next wave, bring him in and talk a little USA Hockey Olympic team. Another edition of the next wave. I love it. Three hockey loving Americans on the line here to, to chat. U.S. Olympic team. Chris, you've kept close tabs on USA Hockey throughout your career. Welcome back to the show. Let's dive in and, and discuss, you know, there's been lots of turmoil and change this week uh, with the U.S. Olympic team. Stan Bowman, of course, resigns earlier in the week in the wake of these findings from the investigative report that the Blackhawks covered up the sexual assault of Kyle Beach. But I think it's important to note here that while there's no been no successor been named yet as to who will take over with only 98 days to go before the puck drops on the games, the important thing to point out for everyone is that this is your list and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the GM who will be in charge. Right, yeah. And, and I don't think, you know, based on the player pool that's available, I don't think there are going to be a ton of huge differences, maybe a player here or there. But, I mean, really, the, the big thing that affects the roster beyond the general manager, whoever that may be coming up next, is that Jack Eichel's status remains up in the air. My first list did not include him as a result because I, I just don't see a path forward for, for Team USA to have their, their, you know, a guy who I think would have been their number two center behind Austin Matthews. And, and it's a huge loss for the U.S. So now you have to find a way to manage that. And that's what I tried to do with this roster. Yeah, so let's take a look at the forwards here, Chris. And and one of the names that, you know, the intrigue with the U.S. and Canadian roster is not necessarily even in who makes it, but who are the guys that end up being cut? And the name that jumps out to me is Max Pacioretty at the bottom there. You know, he's been such a consistent scorer in this league. I know that he's hurt to start, but he feels like one of those guys to me that would find a way to work in on the wing. Why did you have him not end up making the cut? Yeah, the wing was really difficult. The left, There are so many left wings in the U.S. system that are of a high quality. And so it came down to, okay, well, I'm pretty sure Johnny Goudreau is going to be there. I think Kyle Connor has to be there for his scoring ability. And I don't think Jake Gensel is going to get cut by his own coach for the team. So those are some of the things that I took into consideration. And in the end, I, I think what I ended up with, and I, I actually texted with, with Greels before, uh, I put this out because I was like, I feel like I'm pretty light on, on this uh, on this roster up front. And that's what made cutting Pacioretty particularly difficult uh, beyond the fact that he has a lot of experience internationally as well. So there was uh, basically it just kind of came down to that structure. And then, you know, which guys are going to be comfortable playing on their off wing? That's like Debrinket can play on either side. I think Brady Kachuk can play on either side. Um, and, and so I can see, you know, if Pacioretty has, you know, some some ability to to move around a little bit, then maybe there's a spot for him there. Um, I could also see him replacing a guy like a Brock Besser. Uh, but yeah, that was probably the hardest of the forward cuts. And, you know, when I, I get another version of these, so, what, you know, if, if Max Pacioretty comes back healthy, comes back strong, you know, that could certainly change. But uh, I felt like I wanted a younger, quicker and, and high scoring lineup. And I think that's what was built here. Well, Chris, during those 90 seconds there, I just put in a call to Pat Kelleher. Uh, I am nominating you. Great roster. Oh, let's, let's give you the keys to the castle here. Um, a quick question for you from me. You know, with the forwards, you and I had chatted about maybe there's a little defensive liability. You know, it's a high-end offensive group. Do they care about their own zone enough? Is it going to be a three-zone team? How do you think the forward selection ends up impacting the D? 
you know, a guy like Pecci, who you have his last cut, is Quinn Hughes, Fox, Carlson. Is that the mix they're going to need if the forward's like this? So, like, where does Pecci end up fitting in? Yeah, so so Brett Pesci was probably the hardest cut for me on the decor because I think he's one of the better shutdown defensemen in the NHL. I think he's an excellent penalty killer as well. And so to have those tools is is so key. Um, and, you know, for me, I have a very even lefty-righty split. Um, I think that the, the lefties are pretty locked in. And then the righties, that's where you have quite a bit of depth. And, and so, you know, then it comes down to Carlson. And, and we, as we know, Seth Jones is locked into place. He's already been named to the team. If you look at down that list, he might be the guy that's performing the worst so far this season. So, you know, the guy that you already have on your roster, you know, maybe in a different situation would have been a bubble player. So that's another thing to consider. But I think what I, what I tried to do, you know, I, Quinn Hughes is one of those guys where it's like, I don't know how I could leave him off because I, I've been watching Vancouver a fair amount this season. And just they are so much different as a team when he's on the ice. They're so much better when he's on the ice. And I just can't see a scenario where I could leave him off. And the same with John Carlson, you have Olympic experience on top of that. So I, I do think that with this decor, with Slavin, with McAvoy, you know, Fox, I think, is a, is a high-end defender aside from, you know, being the Norris Trophy winner and a guy that can, um, you know, put up a lot of points. He also is on the PK in New York, you know, so I, I think that that's, that, that gives me a lot of comfort. So that was really where it came down to. And I think that Carlson's Olympic experience, his international experience, his previous success wearing a USA jersey, um, and being a Stanley Cup champion, all of those things kind of played into me making sure that he was on the roster. And that's the same for, for Ryan McDonough as well. I just I think that that's a guy that could potentially be the leader of this team uh, in so many different ways. And so those are the things that kind of brought those guys to the fore. And then I think that most of the defensemen that I have on here are really gifted puck movers as well. So I think that that mobility from the back end is going to allow Team USA to control the puck better. And that's going to be the key because they tried to build a team that was specifically to beat Canada at the World Cup of Hockey, and it didn't come close to beating anybody. So that was that was the the thing that, you know, I wanted to have a quick, offense-heavy team, and I think that's what was built here. Chris, uh, quickly here, 20 seconds to go. Hellebuck, Gibson, and Demko in net as your goaltenders. Is that the one spot where the Americans have a clear advantage over Team Canada? It's clearly the strength of the team. I think either one of Hellebuck or Gibson could be the starter. The way Thatcher Demko has played this season, you could even make a case for him. But I think those two guys, with their experience, with that Hellebuck being a Vesna winner, both of them have gone you know, pretty well in the playoffs as well. They've had chances to play in those pressure situations. This would be a big spot for either of them. But I think that's one area where USA has really no concern and not a lot of debate either. Yeah, Chris, fascinating stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing how your roster changes, if any roster changes you make once a general manager is named. I'm jacked up for this tournament. 98 days to go until Beijing. Hard to believe how quickly it's coming up. We're almost in November, so we'll look forward to that and way more from you on dailyfaceoff.com. Thanks for joining us. That is another edition of The Next Wave with Chris Peters. Steve, now time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'd be happy to answer your questions. The Zach Whitecloud extension, six years with the Vegas Golden Knights, certainly grabbed my attention yesterday. 
What are your thoughts on six years for Zach Waycloud in, in Vegas? Uh, love the question. You know, what, what it did for me with the Zach Waycloud deal, it immediately had you thinking, hmm, why, you know, why is Vegas doing this now? Is there something coming? Is there a trade? Do they have something a month away, two months away? Because what this did, and we talked about it earlier, cost certainty. Um, they now have a defenseman that they love who has upside locked in. Some ways it kind of reminds me if you rewind the clock five, six years ago to when Matthias Ekholm signed a six-year deal. There was low threes, I believe, in the millions. Like great deal for Nashville. Player gets a lot of, you know, it was a fourth round pick and uh, Ekholm who had certainty. Zach Whitecloud, he's an NCAA free agent. Everyone knew he was going to be a great player. Mike Levine was with Vegas. He's now an assistant coach at Northeastern. He did a great job of getting them there. So having this guy locked up with the cost certainty, college free agent ends up with, you know, $16 million. Vegas knows what they have going forward for six years. It, it, it does have me wondering, is there something coming with the Vegas blue line in the future that may include, you know, maybe a piece of a bigger deal? Yeah, that's something that we'll have to keep our eye on as well. I was saying earlier in the week, the Vegas Golden Knights were the team to watch for the time being on the Jack Eichel front. Maybe if they're moving a defenseman to Buffalo, White Cloud slides up into that lineup, and there you go. You're locked in with cost certainty for when his play begins to explode on the ice. Speaking of exploding, that's been Tyler Uremchuk's record. Another strong night on the daily faceoff best bets front. It was looking really good for a while there. Uh, we had three goals in the first seven minutes in the new or in the Philly Vancouver game, and then they didn't score again for the final 53 minutes. I couldn't believe it. A bit of a bad beat, but on the year, 17, nine and two, we're up about five and a half units. So things are going pretty well. And you know what? No better way to go into the weekend than to make some money off the Arizona Coyotes. And that is where I'm going with my first play. Not only is Arizona going up against a much better team in Washington, and I vowed to continue betting on the Arizona Coyotes and or betting against the Coyotes until they win a game, but they're on the second of back-to-backs. They're on the road as well through four road games. Arizona has a minus 13 goal differential. Washington's playing some great hockey right now. I love taking Washington on the puck line here. Minus 125, good enough odds to take them there. Samsonov versus Vamelka between the pipes. Plenty of reasons to like Washington, and that is why they are my first play on the puck line. And for my second bet tonight, I am going to the Dallas-Ottawa game, where again, I, I'm not quite going puck line here, although it is juicy at plus 140. Minus 196, I don't love going that low on the money line, so I'm going to meet it in the middle, and I'm going to take the Dallas Stars in regulation, minus 121. A big goaltending advantage here. Braden Holpe's been playing some great hockey. He's got a goals against average. That's barely over two, whereas Anton Forsberg's going to go for the Ottawa Senators, and his goals against average is barely under five. So a big goaltending advantage here for the Dallas Stars. The concern in this one is that the Stars have struggled to score at five on five. They're in the bottom half of the league in a lot of the key stats I kind of look at. But at the same time, Ottawa's struggled to keep pucks out of their net. So I actually think this is a spot on home ice on a Friday night for the Dallas Stars to really get their offense going. I'm taking them in regulation at minus 121. And since we're heading into the weekend, a little bonus play for Saturday that I'll be watching. The St. Louis Blues will be going up against the Chicago Blackhawks. Hawks will be in the second of back-to-backs. The Blues are clearly a much better team. I'm going to be looking at St. Louis, either regulation or puck line, depending on what the pricing is tomorrow night. And those are my three plays for the weekend here. Shout out to points bet yeah. as well. Yeah, the Coyotes 0-6-1. So Tyler's just going to keep hammering it until the odds adjust a bit. So certainly something to keep an eye on as well. 
it's time for garbage time. Steve, so much going on on the week uh, to this point, off the ice, on the ice. Uh, I feel like, you know, in a lot of ways, we've barely talked hockey throughout the week, spending most of the last two days, uh, deservedly so, um, you know, digging in on the Chicago Blackhawks and all that's happened on that front. What's caught your eye over this last week? Frank, you touched on it earlier. You mentioned how you're jacked up about the Olympics. And that's something that with Chris Peters today and everything we're talking about with Olympic projections has me very excited. We need something to look forward to right now. And having the Olympics for the first time in years when we didn't know if we were going to have it, it's almost like a Stanley Cup in February. You know, we're, hockey fans this year will be treated to a Stanley Cup in February and a Stanley Cup in the summer. And you know, I, I, I know the players are excited. I know the countries are excited. We have something to watch. And I'll tell you who's secretly excited about it, too, is the guys that don't make the team. It's a good time to buy stock in JetBlue or Wheels Up. A couple of vacations to Aruba and Bermuda coming for sure. But that's something we have looking for, to look forward to after what was a very challenging week. You know, let's, let's focus our attention on hockey when we can. And the Olympics will be a great thing for all. Yeah, and look... Um... We just want to be clear, it's nice to look forward to something. This story is not going away, one that we're going to continue to pay attention to. And I think that's really the key for me is we need to keep talking about this. We can't allow this stuff to slink back to the background or make it background noise again. This We need to remain vigilant. We need to keep the conversation going. That way it doesn't seem so difficult the next time that it comes up, even though something like this, uh, it just it, it tears your stomach apart watching Kyle Beach this week. The courage that he showed, um, you know, it's something that I think we're all going to remember for a really long time. That is all the time that we have for today's show. Thanks so much for st to Steve Greeley and everyone that makes it happen behind the scenes. Tyler Uremchuk, our technical producer. Alex Allard working like a madman back there with all this breaking news in the last 30 to 45 minutes. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. And until then, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, information, and analysis from around the NHL. Have a great Halloween. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.